Normally within a, a liturgical season, so we're in ordinary time, so we wear the Green Bay Packers colors, and because God, they're God's favorite team. But um, so eat, <laughs> when we're in a season, very often the gospels from each Sunday will sort of follow um, upon each other throughout the chapters of, of that book. And uh, such is the case uh, with, with today's gospel. So we remember last week's gospel. Remember it was that farmer who had this great harvest. And then he said, oh, this is great. I have a wonderful harvest. I'm gonna tear down my old barns, big, build bigger barns, fill those with my harvest and I'm good to go. I'm set, time to retire. Right? It was a parable, a story Jesus was telling. And then Jesus said, unfortunately, he miscalculated because that very night he died and all of the grain didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was his standing before God. And so the, the urgency, or there was an instruction to be somewhat urgent about looking at possessions and how we find our security in possessions, but it's, it's sort of a false security. Now, there's part, part of that is true and part of that is false false, if you will, to say it's just a false security, because there's no doubt that it makes good sense to be responsible, you know, with our finances, to prepare for retirement, to, you know, all of those things. All of that matters. But I think what the Lord is getting at, or if we were to translate it to today, is while that feels good to be prepared, you know, stuff and all the rest, and it can give a feeling of security, and there is a reality of security. If we put too much of our heart into it, if we put too much of our faith into it, it's, it's raising those things to a level they shouldn't be. Too much confidence in it. When, you know, I mean, I've seen it happen where people have prepared this great retirement, and then they get to retirement age, and for various reasons, they can't enjoy it. Health, or sometimes they just die and it's gone. Well, it's not gone, but it, they're gone, right? They don't get to enjoy it. And so we, um, and I know the system is sort of set up that way in the United States, right? When we're all sort of trained to put money into retirement and then we're ready for all of those huge bills to start in retirement, et cetera. And there's a good part to that right? Because when we get older, we worry about finances and making sure to be able to provide for ourselves so nobody else, we're not a burden on anyone else. However, all of that is prudent. What's not good for us, though, is to put too much of our security into it. Now, so the Lord says, look, don't, don't put too much of your security in that because you're headed for another place. But he knows that we want to feel secure, we all want to feel secure and safe. But what he's trying to tell us is feel secure and safe in Jesus, in himself, Jesus Christ, in your heavenly father. And so the next thing we get here is do not fear, right? So first detach from those material things that you're seeking to provide too much security because your security ought to be in God. But at the same time, the Lord understands how we feel about that, right? We want to feel secure. And what he's trying to get us and move us to is feeling secure in God's providence. 
So he says, look at the, look at the birds of the air. God takes care of them. Look at the, the beasts of the field. God takes care of them. The, the flowers and the trees and the butterflies. And, you know, God takes care of all that stuff. How much more does he love you? You can rely on God. Now, so he says that, and then he transitions to this next uh, section of the gospel where he talks about being ready. So he says, okay, detach from stuff. I mean, you gotta have certain stuff and the stuff isn't bad. It's, the, it's placing too much faith, trust, confidence, et cetera, in the stuff. Okay, we got that. And then he says, don't be afraid of, of not doing that or of doing that because, you know, God the Father, he's got you. He's holding you in his arms, in his hands. He's, he's got you, you can trust him. And then that leads to this next section of be ready. The reason why you need to detach, the reason why you need to have faith in Jesus Christ is because you don't know when he's coming back. And usually the coming back is when we die, right? Because we don't know, I mean, he's going to come back. He's going to return. He's promised this, but we don't know when. But the reality is most of us then are going to meet God face to face. And so he wants us to be ready, ready for that return. Now, this is where it's an important distinction that needs to be made. Some people will look at that, being ready for the Lord's return. And they'll say, okay, fine. I'll just give up all the stuff here and just focus on God. I'm gonna say all my prayers. I'm gonna do all the, all the things I'm supposed to do. I'm gonna prepare for heaven right now so that when he comes, I'm ready. That's not really what he means. That's focusing on what's to come and not what's here. What he wants is that when he returns or when we see him face to face, that we become a certain type of person so that the preparation, the being ready has everything to do with how we are right now living in the world, not excluding the world and just focusing on heaven, but actually living in the world right now, becoming people who are like him. And that means, you know, looking at a number of things in our lives, particularly the things that are the most important. The most important things in our lives are the people in our lives, our relationships. You know, looking at the closest relationships we have. First, our family, our close friends. Are we giving to those relationships the way we ought to? You know, sometimes we take them for granted. Sometimes we take our parents for granted and our children or, you know, whomever. And we're not, we're not truly grateful. We don't express that gratitude or we're not spending good quality time with the people who matter the most because we're taking them for granted. Or, you know, um, a typical, who's that guy who, wrote, who uh, painted all that stuff uh, for the, <clears throat> shouldn't do this ever in a homily. You know, that's too much of a, um, was it the Saturday Evening Post guy? The guy who, who painted, Norman Rockwell, thank you. That guy, you remember, and there's all these pictures of like family life and home life and, you know, family sitting around a fire and looks really nice and old. And, you know, if you were to paint a picture now, it'd be everybody sitting around the TV looking like this down at their phones. 
typical family life. No one's talking to each other. What is this a scene of? Oh, that's Thanksgiving. Yeah, everybody looking at their phones. Which, you know, that's a very practical thing. What kind of family dynamic are we creating? You know, sometimes it's, it's good to put that away and just enjoy each other's company. I can hear all the teenagers, teenagers in their minds going, no, father, don't say that. But, you know, we get attached to certain physical things, stuff, and the things themselves are not bad. But what they can do is they can distract us from healthy relationships and healthy family life. Just imagine taking Sunday and saying, you know what, Sunday is going to be family, and we're going to focus on each other. And we're gonna put our energies into really nurturing that family relationship. And that means we'll turn all our phones off for a few hours and do some things together. Can you imagine living without your phone for about a month and just drive up our anxiety? What if, what if? There was a time Chris and I were talking before mass, we were talking about when we were, I don't know, before I was a priest, so at the end of the 90s, No one had a phone. Well, very few people had cell phones. And how much that's changed the dynamic, even in our family, not just phones, but tablets and, you know, all the rest. It's important to look at that stuff and say, how is that impacting my family? How is that impacting our family? How is it impacting me? And is it taking away from important relationships? That's just one example. It could be anything. You can just fill in the blank for phone. It could be work. It could be golf. It could be football. No, it's never football. But it could be, right? It could be. It could be anything. And so, again, important for us to reflect today on what are, what are those things that are keeping us from being ready for the Lord's return? And being ready means entering into the world, not leaving the world, but entering into the world and working on those things that matter the most. Again, the relationships, then the extended relationships. What kind of person are we becoming? What kind of person am I becoming with the people around me? Am I getting any better? And you might say, well, Father, it'd be so much easier to be virtuous if there were no other people (laughs) at all. If there's nobody around, I'd be much more patient. Father, you don't know my wife. Well, maybe she's not the problem. But the reality is we can't grow in virtue unless we have other people. You cannot grow in virtue without the ability to resist something which is the contrary to virtue, which is vice, right? So you can't grow in patience if you don't have the opportunity to be impatient because to grow strong in virtue means resisting the contrary, right? You can't be... uh, you know, custody of the tongue, right? Not gossiping about other people. You can't grow in that virtue unless you have the ability or the opportunity, I should say, to to actually talk badly about somebody. And then in that moment saying, I won't do it. That's, That's how virtue grows. It grows in the difficulty, in the tension, in that dynamic. And so we, you know, we'll, we'll even see once in a while, see parents, and it's something for parents to consider because every, every family is different, every child is different. 
Um, but, but sometimes you'll see parents who will kind of shelter their children for a long, long time, you know, until they're like 35. And that's not make, keeping them from the bad stuff is not gonna make them virtuous. At a certain point, you have to give them the opportunity to fail. Because without the opportunity to fail, you also don't have the, the opportunity to grow in virtue. So this is what the Lord wants us to do. We need each other to grow in virtue. We need that tension in our families to overcome, to become better within our relationships, to overcome and become better. And so today, I just invite all of us to look at our lives and say, okay, if, if I met the Lord face to face today, am I ready, number one? Am I ready for the, and I don't just mean like sentimentally, like, yay, it's Jesus. I mean like, no, if he were, if I were to see him face to face, he already knows everything I'm doing. And if he were to, if he were to evaluate me on my readiness, am I, am I really ready for that moment? And if I'm not ready for that moment, what the Lord is trying to get across to us is the urgency to fix what needs to be fixed, or at least to begin that process. And so each of us can, I know each one of us can look at our own interior life and the life that we live you know, throughout the entirety of our week and say, okay, what needs to be fixed? How can I grow a little bit more to be ready? It doesn't have to be perfect tomorrow, but how can I move the needle a little bit each day in my family, with the kids, with my other relationships and with the wider, wider sort of uh, people in my life? How can I become ready so that I'm becoming a, a more perfect image of Jesus Christ? Please stand.